0: This is Wildcat Country. It's
1: only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship.
0: All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. It's
1: up for the end zone. zone. Arizona has scored the touchdown. Wildcats win. Let's go to work, Cat. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale. Hey, it's the 4th of July week and there's nothing to talk about. Oh, wait, Shane. Um, You know, I, I have a feeling this might be a five-star show. Like, maybe one of the best that we've ever had, right? There's a reason no? why
2: we weren't rushing to get it out this week, Eric. You're welcome.
1: Hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't even know where to go with that one. Well, you did the five-star
2: uh, thing, so it seemed like the natural, <laughs> natural next step. That-
1: that was brilliant. Uh, really excited. Uh, we'll talk about Elijah Russian committing to Arizona and all that. But our buddy John Wall Street, aka Corey Leff, going to join us for is it Corey Left, aka John? I don't even know what he is AKA anymore. aka John Corey Wall Street, Street
2: aka at Howie Long Short. Uh, and I'm sure he's yeah. got some other aliases as well. He's kind of a shady guy up there in New Jersey, isn't he?
1: <laughs> we haven't had Corey on for almost a year. So it'll be good to chat with him about a bunch of different things from uh his babysitter as a kid to, and you'll see what we mean by that to uh tv rights and a lot more but uh shane i guess before we get into buy or sell, let's just talk about it um elijah rushing is a wildcat uh the hometown kid five star uh number eight prospect in the country according to 24 7 sports is now staying home and committed to arizona how shocked are you number one and what does this mean for the program
2: well i i um I, well i, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead this is kind of like part of your buy or sell question so i'll sort of get into it so uh, I'll get the, the the skeptical stuff out of the way first, and I'll get right into the good stuff. So mm-hmm. just take a step back for a moment and note that, that Arizona had a couple distinct advantages with Elijah rushing. You know, Tucson native plays at South at South Point. His brother plays at Air for Arizona. So this wasn't just an out of the blue five star commit for Arizona. With that said. I think the impact of rushing's commitment is significant. Um, Maybe not so much nationally, but locally, in that it shows that Arizona can be a formidable contender for top recruits in the state, which has not been the case for a long time. Uh, They, I I remember when I wrote my uh, my first book, uh, a guy I talked to who played for Arizona back in the '50s said, "You know, back in the day, eleven out of the twelve best commits or best recruits in Arizona would stay home and play for one of the schools, ASU or U of A." And now it's the other way around. Uh, and I think since then it's been like 12 out of 12, typically the the best recruits almost always go out of state to the point where Matt Moreno told us last week, that Kevin Sumlin didn't even try to, to get some of the top guys in the state and even in Tucson. Uh, and so now Arizona is going toe to toe. Jed Fish and his coaching staff are going toe to toe with some of the best programs in the country. They beat out Oregon, Tennessee, and Notre Dame for this mm-hmm. kid. You know, local guy or not, that is impressive. Um, Like both Arizona and ASU have been awful in keeping four or five-star talent, in the state have made it a priority. But not only is the coaching staff fighting for these guys, but now they're starting to win some of those battles. And the hope for me is that this will have a ripple effect across the state where you have some other four- and five-star guys uh, who might take another look at Arizona or a first look at Arizona, really, and say, maybe there's something going on here. Maybe I don't have to go play out of state. Uh, and maybe I shouldn't just, maybe I should take an official or unofficial visit to Arizona before I, I move on to the Ohio States and Alabama's and all those. Um, and, and I don't have any illusions that Arizona's going to win most of those, but maybe they'll win some going forward. So from that perspective, I think it's a big deal because who knows how good Elijah rushing will be. Right. We, we,
1: right. You don't 20,
2: know 24, seven had the list, like the top 10 commits in Arizona history going the way you know. back to 2006. Some of them were, were big hits like Rob Gronkowski, others like Nick Costa, Not so much. So maybe he'll be as good as a star rating. But even if he isn't, this commitment could open some big doors for Arizona going forward.
1: Yeah. uh, And that's what I want to focus on here, Shane. I mean, just my thoughts on it. So we know that the conference is getting weaker without the Southern California schools. And there's going to be an opportunity for Arizona to maybe climb in. You know, we know Oregon's going to be the most highly sought after school, the Nike money. Washington has a name from the past, but Washington has had... Plenty of down years. They should have a good year with Michael Penix and at quarterback and everything like that. But oh, yeah. there's a there's an opening now behind Oregon as the number two school in terms of prestige in the conference. In my yeah. opinion, well, I
2: mean, you don't, and that's a good point. Don't forget about Utah, though. I mean, Utah. Yeah, but the... Utah's
1: never getting five star kids. Yeah, no. I mean, unless they're from Utah, they're not getting five star kids. Like they're not. They're not going to recruit a kid from Southern California that's going to Utah to fight, in my opinion. I,
2: I I understand. I'm just saying I think Utah has firmly uh, implanted when itself. Winning, as, when Winningham
1: leaves, which will be in the next few years, I would think. We'll see. I think he's about ready for, you know, he's probably got a few years left. What's he going to do? I mean, he's done pretty much all that he can do. He's been to how many Rose Bowls? He's never going to win a national championship there. He's, you know, won a Pac-12 championship. Great. I mean, yep.
2: But I, I concede your point, though. You know, U- USC is is going to be gone, and then UCLA, which is not necessarily a football powerhouse, but they've been good from time to time. They're but gone they're still too. UCLA. They're still right? UCLA. They're still that brand, uh, and they still have Chip Kelly as a head coach. So, yeah, I I concede your point that you know Oregon is going to be the cream of the crop of of the Pac-12. I think Utah is up there, but then there is a chance for you know as the Pac-12 changes to for Arizona to sort of reinvent itself and rebrand itself. And I, I, as you know, not just a men's basketball school and there's still, I mean, Arizona step one is to become the biggest, the best football program in the state, which hasn't been the case more, um, more often than not, since Arizona joined the PAC 10 with ASU in the late seventies. Um, so changing that perception is going to be difficult, but the fact that Arizona has landed two five-star guys now with, with Ted Rowe, McMillan and Elijah rushing, regardless of how it happened, it's happened. And I don't think that they're going to, the, the dominoes are going to fall. So they're going to land a bunch of five, four and five star guys going forward, but it's definitely enough to where some four and five star guys are going to start giving Arizona a second look and saying, what, what made, what made the larger Russian want to go to Arizona? I mean, I know he's exactly got his brother, right. I know he's got his brother there, but he wants to play in the NFL and maybe he thinks that going to Arizona is going to help him get there more than the other schools. Maybe I, uh, since I'm thinking about going to the NFL too, maybe I ought to consider the same thing. So from that perspective, uh, rushing, uh, how, regardless of how good, he, how good he is, the fact that he committed is 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 the biggest deal here.
1: I mean, you look at they've got two five star players in the last two years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the in the twenty two and twenty four classes, you've got two five stars. And I'm fully, you know, I know a lot can happen between now and signing day, but I'm confident this kid's going to want to stay home unless there's a total implosion at Arizona, which I would be shocked. I, I, I just don't see Jed leaving this uh, at this point. Not a, a yet, early no. Um, so, I expect Elijah Rushing to be starting on opening day in 2024. All right, let's get right to it. It's buy or sell presented by our friends at Ice Shaker. Go to ice and use promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C, get $5 off your purchase, or you can go to fanatics.com and get yourself an ice shaker. These things are amazing. All right, number one, Shane, keep it simple. The desert swarm is back in 2024 by herself <laughs>
2: going from Phil Steele's worst defense in the country to a desert yeah, swarm. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, we're getting there. Uh,
2: Arizona's landed some, some top guys. Uh, and I mean, there's a, there's a bit of a drop off after, uh, after rushing, but you know, most of their, I think a slight majority of their commits in, uh, in the month of June. And I think they had like a, a dozen of them, um, uh, we on the defensive side of the ball. Certainly some, uh, as we like to say in the corporate world, some opportunities on the defensive mm-hmm. side. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the, the the fact that that uh, you know, Jetfish is an offensive guy, and they landed a big defensive guy is is, is a big deal. So, um, I will buy that that it's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, we'll have to still wait and see on on Johnny Nansen's abilities as a defensive coordinator. Uh, again, I think bringing Dwayne Aquina onto the staff is a big deal for recruiting and on field uh, performance, um, but it will. You know, give him the same chance that we're giving Jed Fish. Uh, no, Desert Swarm is not back yet. Yeah, we're gonna, uh, we're going
1: to sell that. I agree. We're going to set.
2: We're, we're going to sell that, but definitely headed in the right direction. But there's only one direction to go, really, with the defense. But
1: but here's the thing, Shane. Now that you know you have a guy who's a five star guy that's coming into the fold in 24, if Johnny Nansen's defense woefully underperforms again this year, is he on the very hot seat uh, at the end of the season, in your opinion? Uh I,
2: I think, well, well, what's my standard answer? You give him three years. I think. You give him I three mean,
1: years. at this point, I, I say if he stinks, if he's as bad as Phil still projects him to be, I think he's got to go. And then you got a Keenan, and you go here. You go, Dwayne. You're taking over this. I mean, he's a veteran defensive coordinator that's coordinated for you know winning teams throughout his career and uh, at multiple universities. You give him the keys. If Nansen's not the guy. I don't think, I mean, my Look, opinion, I, I don't expect wrong.
2: Arizona's defense. I don't think it's going to be as bad as Phil Steele thinks. And and hopefully we're going to no. talk to Phil soon. Um, but I, I also don't think it's going to be good. Uh, I think it's going right. to be bottom half of the pack. 12 maybe bottom quarter of the pack 12 likely. Uh, but I, I'm my hope is that we'll start to see some top individual talent emerge this year you know and at least on an individual level maybe not so much on a team level I and mean, we saw Jacob Manu toward the end of last season I mean Arizona wouldn't have won the game against ASU without his performance right uh, so you get some more of those guys coming in you, you bring in some 24 guys hopefully you, you you do a little better in the transfer portal uh next year and and I i I think that again as concerned as I am but maybe Johnny Nansen isn't a great defensive coordinator. Maybe he's better recruiter than he is a coach. Uh, We need to give him more time.
1: Uh, Would you, this is not a buy or sell as you'll, as some of these questions aren't in this particular one, would you give Jed an immediate uh, extension or a raise right now for what he's done?
2: I don't know if that's necessary. I I think you'd wait to see till at least the end of the season. And I'm, I'm someone who long-term extensions can be tricky because if, if, if they win, they, they're probably going to go somewhere else anyway, especially for a program like Arizona, and if they lose, then you're stuck with them. Um, like a bad you know player contract in the at, at the pro level, you know, it, you you overreact to one good season or one or one good off season. I think that's scary. So I I, I would I'm not a big fan of long, super long term contracts, but if you're going to give them an extension, I would rather it be after a successful year on the field as opposed to what's just happened off of it.
1: All right. uh, The next one, number two, uh, the Pac-12 just needs to bite the bullet and invite San Diego State already because San Diego State uh, doesn't seem to really have a conference right now. They're kind of shut out of the Mountain West since they thought they were going to get a Pac invite and apparently not.
2: (laughs) Yeah. What a mess for them. huh? Like I tweeted the other day, they're turning into the uh, Arizona Coyotes of the NCAA. They seem to be. Uh, homeless for the time being, no one seems to want, I mean, it's funny because they, their men's basketball team just went to the national championship game and they've got a good men's basketball team and football program, but yeah, they've, uh, they've made some questionable decisions. Uh, but yeah, I, if there's one school that would make the most sense and be the most realistic to add to the PAC 12, um, you know, unless you're, you are not we're not I'm talking dream scenario we're talking realistic i think it would be san diego state you know it's a big market san diego their football and men's basketball programs like i said they're they're formidable obviously uh and from arizona's perspective you know, you mentioned this before as far, you know, when you were actually arguing that arizona should leave the pac 12 and go to the big 12 you were saying okay well, what are the big rivals for arizona you know other than asu well it, We already sort of have a rivalry with San Diego State in both sports. We played them a lot over the years. Uh, I think San Diego State could could eventually, and maybe sooner rather than later, become Arizona's second biggest rival in football behind ASU. Um, From a geographical standpoint, I think that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, if the Pac-12 is intent on staying together and adding a couple members, which I think they have to do, then San Diego State, I think, should be their first call.
1: So uh, I heard from a source this week that said SMU is near a lock, Shane. And I'm just going to throw out other schools just just for other things that I heard here. Uh, SMU is near a lock. San Diego State, more likely than not, but there are a few schools that are kind of a little concerned about San Diego State and maybe wanting to get something bigger because they wouldn't get a reduced or they wouldn't get a full share right away. But SMU definitely wants to get into a bigger conference. So I hear they're they're the uh, biggest name. Uh, I hear that surprisingly UNLV is not. Uh, Stanford and Cal are pushing for Tulane and Rice from an academic perspective. Uh, I've also heard that South Florida and Colorado State have been in the conversation, none of which, I I don't like any of those. SMU, I can understand because of the Dallas market, right? I mean, if Arizona's in a conference with South Florida, I'm probably like, "Mm, time to go.
2: I'll tell you if Tulane and South Florida join then I think we're getting starting to get to the point where regional conferences just aren't a thing anymore. Are dead. I mean yeah, look exactly. at the big look I mean the Big 10 adding yeah. a couple of schools from from California. So maybe that's the direction we're headed. Maybe it's it's you know everyone can fly 3 or 4 hours it's not a big a deal. Um but otherwise I don't think that makes a lot of sense but like I said geographically uh, I think that you know Arizona San Diego State I think there's already a bit of a rivalry there. Um, so I, I'm just talking more from a fan's perspective. I think that would be great, but, and and it's a San Diego, it's, you know, we know what trouble they've had in terms of keeping pro teams, but, uh, it's one of the, still one of the biggest markets in the country. And I think it would make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I do too. Uh, how do you feel about SMU? Uh, fine. You
2: know, the, 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 again, I I think that the market, they would bring, the market
1: makes a difference, right? Yeah,
2: it, it does. I mean, it's not a needle mover, um, but you know and in Arizona and ASU weren't either at some at at one point so uh it, it you have to add two teams at San Diego State and SMU Ho- I'm hoping that wouldn't be the end of it if the Pac12 is staying together long term um, because you know you replace USC and UCLA with San Diego State and SMU it's a big drop off but it's it's the way i feel about it it's fine
1: <laughs> other other rumors that I've heard, and we'll talk more about these with Corey. Um, that uh, Apple TV is the uh, front runner. That the de- that the media uh, payment deal would be good. It would be over thirty million dollars oh if boy. it comes through. Um, yeah. So that uh, the, the money no, would the, be the money TV-
2: money would be good. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so the other thing is that thirty to forty percent of the football games would be on a bigger network, a la ESPN or, or somebody of that of that nature. So that would be good. Basketball uh, to be determined. A lot. I mean, it could be announced. Uh, I've heard as soon as the uh, third week in July when the Pac-12 has its media days, or it could be months. So we don't know that. You know, you never know. That's just what I've heard. Take that for I'm not trying to report anything of bright news. I'm just throwing that out there. And, well, and, and, and your sources, sources
2: here have been pretty, re- pretty, re- pretty accurate so far. Pretty good. So. Yeah, really good. You're not yeah. you're not just spitballing.
1: No, uh, really good. So let's hope uh, there's something to that. All right. Um the last one, Shane, I had to throw in kind of a curveball for you. This is not really a, a buy or sell question, but we'll throw it in this in this uh, segment anyways. So in the spirit of Mike Candrea, Lute Olson, and, and Dave Rubio, who were all long-term coaches who coached 20 to 30 years or even more at Arizona, which current coach among, we'll just say football, both basketball teams, baseball and softball, do you think will be around the longest at Arizona?
2: Probably Dia Barnes or, Kate Lowe, or Caitlin Lowe. But, um, both are alums. Both love the university and the city of Tucson. I'd say Caitlin might be a bit more likely, pr- provided she can turn the program around uh, pretty quick, which I think she will, um, because you won't find many more softball jobs that are more attractive than Arizona. I don't really think that she and her family are necessarily interested in moving out of Tucson. I throw Chip Hale in there for the same reason, but we know he, he's got to show some improvement in Arizona if he's going to be there long-term. But I'm just going back to what he said as far as he wants this to be his last job. So sure. I think he he wants to be here long-term and just a matter of, it, will it, he have success to justify it? Um, as far as the other guys, you know, I, I I think Jed will move on eventually if he continues to have success. I don't think it's going to be as soon as a lot of people might think. I think he wants to accomplish some things here. And then I think when he says, okay, I've done everything I can at Arizona, then I think he would go. And let's remember he hasn't had a winning season yet. So let's not count our chickens, but certainly uh, headed in the right direction. And then Tommy Lloyd, um, you know, Maybe he wants to go back home to Gonzaga, even when Mark Mark retires. So I, mean, I don't, I don't know. That that's probably going to be a waste down the road. So I would go with Caitlin Lowe and maybe Adia Barnes as far as who's going to be here the longest.
1: I'm actually going to disagree with you here. I'm going to I'm going to buy Tommy Lloyd here in this okay. discussion. That's fair. Uh, I don't see him ever getting a job that's probably better than Arizona. I don't know if he really wants to go back to Gonzaga. I mean, then you got to live not. up in in Mark Few's footsteps. You know, Sean Miller, as, as good of a job as he did at Arizona, how many Final Fours? None. So Arizona hasn't been to a Final Four in 20 years. If he if Tommy Lloyd gets him there, which I think he will, I mean, he, he might get a statue like Lou Dolson did.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because Arizona is definitely one of the top jobs in the country for men's basketball, but yet the last two coaches, Lou Dolson and Sean Miller, Arizona had to prevent them from going somewhere else when they were maybe you know, dipping their toe in the water, you know, and obviously well, most recently Sean Miller with Maryland. So there's always that possibility. But yeah, but
1: here's uh, the thing about Tommy Lloyd. Tommy is a West coast guy. So I think he, yeah. I, I'm throwing everything, uh, you know, East of Arizona out and maybe it's naive. Uh, you know, Plus, I,
2: I mentioned I, Gonzaga.
1: I, I'd say Gonzaga, but I, I can't imagine they're going to remain a powerhouse forever. I think UCLA is obviously a top job, you know, would be the other high profile job on the West coast. But I think he has a great thing going in in Tucson as far as a strong recruiting base. He should have Arizona competitive just about every year. Uh, I would love to say Adia. I I could see Adia, even though I could see her getting a bigger job at some point if she were to have another another spike at Arizona and just going and taking the payday.
2: Yeah. And and what's interesting about that is I I might not have thrown Adia in there if she – if it looked like she was going to keep Arizona as a, as a perennial top 10 team, and that just hasn't been the case. And so right. I don't think that the market for her is quite as big as it was a couple of years ago. Uh So I don't, and she has a good contract. She earned two pretty swift contract extensions um after the, the getting Arizona to the national championship game, which by the way, is still surreal that that happened.
1: Surreal. Absolutely. Surreal. <laughs> yes. But
2: um so I, I keep that in mind, but I, I think that, you know, Caitlin Lowe, it's just, she's, you know, Played at Arizona. She coached at Arizona with Mike Andrea. She's got her family here. It's a destination job, the softball program. As much as we talk about the men's basketball program, the softball program has been by far the most successful in terms of championships at Arizona. So, you know, maybe there'd be a couple other places that would come calling if she did well. But I'd even if they did, I don't think she'd go unless it was a lot more money and her family was on board for it.
1: Well, it's been an exciting day. Uh, We're recording this obviously Thursday evening, and it's been a really exciting day uh, for Arizona fans, of especially if you're an Arizona football fan and diehard like like I am and and Shane is. So uh, let's talk to our buddy Corey Leff from uh, A.K.A. John Wall Street. Uh, You can find him at Howie Long Short. I always get them all. Uh, I know. I I, interspersed him. He's He's got 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 so many names. So we're gonna talk to him here on Wildcat Country. What's up, Wildcat Country? It's Robbie G, baby, and I am gearing up for a big year with Coach Jetfish, and excited to see what the Arizona Wildcats do this football season. And just like the football team, we stepped up our program as well with the official licensed U of A Ice Shaker, baby. Check it out and get it at fanatics.com. Bear down, Arizona! Let's go. Shane, very glad to have one of our buddies who we haven't talked to in a long time. In fact, do you know how long, Shane, it's been since we've had our friend Corey Left, a.k.a. John Wall Street, a.k.a. at Howie Short on Twitter, uh, last on Wildcat Country. Do you remember when that was, Shane?
2: Oh, we last time we were talking uh, conference realignment, which uh, fortunately is not a, really a thing anymore. Uh it had to be close to a year ago, wasn't it?
1: That was. It was right before the football season in last August. So, Corey, glad to have you back on. Uh, It's just always fun to have a U of A alum who's in sports business. Just a fun discussion. And today is a really good one because... So, just to remind people, if you've never listened to the podcast before, Corey, as a kid, had a babysitter who happened to be named Jed Fish, who happens to be the coach of our Arizona Wildcats, who happened to land the highest recruit in the program's history today. Your thoughts on Jed, what Jed is doing, and what this commitment means to Arizona.
0: Um, Well, I would just like to say that I'm not sure that there's any correlation between my uh, having lived across the street from Jed as a child uh, and Elijah Rushing's commitment today, but we'll take any credit that you want to send this way. Uh, Extremely excited about the commitment, extremely excited about Jed being able to continue the momentum. Uh, which really is, I think, largely what the story is about, right? It's it's the continuing momentum. It was one thing to land one five-star in McMillan last year. It is another thing to come back the next year not and land uh, the highest-rated player in the program's history. Also a kid who's from Tucson, which I think is a particularly important factor, Um it, it it hasn't been a given over the last decade that kids from Tucson go to the U of A. So the idea that that Rushing did commit um when he could have gone to anywhere, uh Tennessee, Notre Dame, and uh who, who was the father, Oregon with the other finalist, um, is is a remarkable uh, you know, set, and, and considering that we we pro- Probably, if not certainly, have less NIL resources than any of those programs. It's a tremendous uh, – you know, it says a lot about Jed and, and the effort they put in to get him, and I'm stoked. All right,
2: Corey, I'm, let me uh, – because I play the wet blanket role so well, let me just throw this at you and see what you say. So, okay, so we got we got T-Mac, we got rushing. We're getting these five-star guys. Okay, well, let's see. T-Mac committed after Oregon's coach left, and he committed to Arizona largely because – a bunch of his servite buddies were going there, and then Rushing lives in Tucson. He's got a brother who's going to U of A. So two flukes, not indicative, in, indicative, indicative of a trend going forward.
0: You say what? I, you know, I think you're right. I, I think is, there's probably some substance to that, right? You, I think you have to get a little bit lucky when you're this this caliber program, you sometimes have to, um, you know, be a little bit unconventional, but they're not doing anything that's that everybody else isn't doing, uh, you know, college kids play with their friends. Um, college players are close to their family. Uh, and so, you know, the, the the interesting thing about rushing, right, is that his brother and father had had gone to Florida, there was kind of an assumption for a long time that he was going to follow in those footsteps um it, it's only been really in the last year i think that people seriously thought it was a possibility he could end up in tucson or, or stay be, to, to continue to stay in tucson but i think I, I do think it's a little bit different Um, one because he is a local kid and and not every kid wants to stay home right there's the pressure of playing in front of the hometown fans and uh so and a lot of kids want to go away and, and do something different so I think the rushing commitment is a little bit different. Uh, I also think it's a little bit different because he plays on the defensive side of the ball. Um, You know, we were talking before Shane, uh, before the call and you guys said you had Wilton speeds on the line, uh, you know, at one point, and and you guys reached out to Wilton because he talked about how Jed was the smartest coach he ever had. Um, Well, Jed's the smartest offensive coach he ever had. Um, You know, we don't know, or at least I don't know about Jed's uh, knowledge on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, the the idea that he was able to land a kid, whether his brother plays for the school or not, whether he is from the town or not, is an impressive feat in my mind. So based on what you know about Jed, and by the way, I'm
2: I'm not going to give you, uh, unless you really believe in the butterfly effect, I don't think there's any correlation with Jed being your babysitter and, and landing edge rushing, but you do know Jed a little bit. Uh, what is it about him? like? Because I know there's a lot of different factors. There's NIL, there's the fact he's hired some great assistants, but what is it about him in particular? Because we, we I, I played the wet blanket, but obviously he's done a fantastic job recruiting and his coaching staff has as well. What, what is it about, give us a little insight into his personality as to why he's been able to have this much success already at Arizona.
0: I don't want to profess to know Jed well. Uh, Jed and I lived across the street when we were kids, um, so it has certainly been some time since we've spent any quality time. But I think just from you know what I've what I watch as an observer, what I've seen, I talked to him when he did take the job. Um, it is the confidence uh, and his belief that he's going to be successful. I remember I talked to him right after he got the job and, uh, I said to him, I said, Jed, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm not sure that, you know, I, I have, I'm I'm a little bit skeptical about this. You know, he had moved around a whole bunch and, and he was flat out like, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Like I'm the best guy for this job. And I'm like, okay. Um, he had me convinced, you know, so, uh, I, I, I think he is a very confident guy i think he um certainly has a personality that uh people gravitate to he certainly understands social media um and 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 everything you keep hearing is about the uh kind of the atmosphere the that he has built the um i don't know what you want to call it but just the there's like a tangible buzz around the program um, that he's created. And, and, and I think all of that contributes to it, to be honest.
1: So Corey, the one thing about Jed that, you know, we we've seen the performance improve from year one to year two. Uh, We've seen the recruiting be excellent. You happen to know a few of the power brokers at Arizona. We'll we'll leave those people unnamed. Do you think it's time that Jed gets a long-term extension, despite not having taken Arizona to a bowl game yet?
0: And I have a follow-up on that after you're done.
1: You know, um
0: I don't necessarily have a, a strong opinion on that. Um, you know, as a as a fan, today my initial reaction was yes, we need to lock them up. Um, you know, I think at the same time, college sports is is and Arizona in particular, the Pac-12 in particular, is is in a tumultuous point right now, right? We don't know what our next med- media media rights deal looks like um so you know my my gut says yes he's done a fantastic job and arizona should continue to keep him happy we want to do everything to ensure he stays here um with that said i look around and i see deals like uh, mel tucker at uh, at michigan state and i'm like you have to think that they wish they didn't give that guy a 10-year deal after one year um so you know Jed has done a lot of things right but if if they come out and, and, and again, I think this is going to be a great year. I think I actually I think they get to a bowl game this year. Um, I, I really do think this is the year that it turns the corner. Um, but it, you know, they if they finish two and ten, people are going to people aren't going to care that he got rushing and, and McMillan. You know, people are going to care that they haven't won and that they have regressed this year. So all of this nice buzz, all of this momentum is great. We still got to win games in the fall. Everybody knows that. That's not like. That's not news to to the program. Um and so you know, we just keep this thing moving,
2: yeah. and my follow-up here, and sorry, Eric, I just wanted to ask because I feel like there, to your point, Corey, or maybe what you' were alluding to, I don't think there's a lot of benefit in super long- term contracts, like like ten years because like you said, if if he starts losing, then you immediately re- regret it. and then you have to think, you know, buy out or just or just. Ro- or just run, run it out. And, uh, but if he starts winning, you know, you can sign him to a a longer contract, but he's probably going to go somewhere else anyway, who can offer more money,
0: right. If that's what he wants to do. 100%. Um, you know, I think the, all you can do is try to keep him happy, right? All you can do, and, and that may not necessarily mean the most money. Some coaches want, maybe his kids end up coming to, to the U of A and he wants to be there. Well, remember Rich Rod's kids came to the U of A and he wanted to be there when his kids were there. So, um, you know, it could be, there, there's all different reasons why people stay at jobs. Um, but I think, you know, as long as Arizona can t- makes him one of the, you know, upper echelon paid coaches in the Pac-12. Um, I, I, you know, I don't see any reason. Tucson's a great place to live. He said it a million times that he, he his family and, and and he adore the city. So, um, you know, I, I certainly don't think he's he's scratching to get out. And it means, which was the perception, I think, and the fear initially. Um, and I think that maybe that, um, maybe if, you know, the, the, the commitment of another five-star uh, just alleviates any, Remaining doubts.
1: So I want to transition here. Speaking of, you know, like Jedfish, obviously, there's a there's a ability to compete in the pack, whatever they will be, with USC and UCLA gone. But the big issue right now is the TV contract. So assuming the conference stays together, and I've heard the rumor, you know, from a source that Apple is the leader in the clubhouse to get the majority of the pack, whatever's rights. How do you feel about Apple as a primary distributor for uh, this conference?
0: A disaster. They really? and go behind a paper like that. Uh, a, a an absolute disaster. That is a conference killer. Um, now, that doesn't mean some portion of a deal that goes to a streamer is necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think the the best and only scenario that the conference should pursue uh is one that is heavy in linear television with ESPN and or Fox um and then I think you try to close the gap uh with the big 12 with some component of a
1: streaming deal and that doesn't
0: necessarily have to be Apple and Amazon uh,
1: so, so what I heard what I heard Corey is that uh if this deal goes down that 30 to 40 percent of the football games, would be on a, a broadcast network that that they would be sublease, but the other fifty to sixty percent and the majority of the other sports, basketball, I don't know about, would then be on Apple. Does that change your opinion?
0: So you have to think about how does this play out, right? So what what good does it do Apple to have a Pac-12 package to pay up because you're assuming they're going to pay up, right? To for a Pac-12 package that doesn't have the marquee games because that's what you're assuming goes to Fox and ESPN, right?
1: Yeah, but but here's here's why you do it because you're getting everybody on the West Coast that's going to pay for that Apple TV service to watch their university's basketball, you know, their football game. Where you know people do it for the Pac-12 Network, you would think, right? I mean
0: the there is no real evidence uh or or let I me mean, i think i forgot what the pac-12 network is i think the pack pac-12 network has like 11 million subscribers or something like that but it's bundled right it's part of a package um those are 11 million people that are signing up to pay x number of dollars a month for a service that they would have to if, if the service was on apple or amazon um the pac-12 needs to reach the masses um then and that's the way they could generate real revenue to be honest uh from from television revenue i don't think that apple um is going to let me rephrase that apple hasn't made any bad deals to date they're not going to just throw money away they got the mls rights for relatively nothing um you know more than mls was getting but mls was getting nothing uh, um amazon has grossly overpaid properties like Sunday, excuse me, like Thursday night football, Um, but they're not doing that anymore. So I'm not sure that either of those two outlets are just throwing money at the Pac-12. And if they're not throwing money at the Pac-12, then why even take the money and the, the, the minuscule reach that you will end up with? Um, I think a, a more logical solution um is one in which the the a large portion of the, or or at least a significant portion of the game, let me rephrase that, a portion of the games, likely the late night window, uh, resides on Fox and ESPN linear. And then a large portion or some portion of the package goes to a streamer. Maybe that's ESPN Plus, maybe that's Peacock. Um There's a bunch of different outlets that could potentially be, but I don't necessarily think it's a direct, I don't don't necessarily think it's, it's one of these emerging tech companies, Um, not unless they are willing to grossly overpay. And I just don't see that happening.
2: Corey, what, just based on, you know, your experience uh, in, in, you know, the sports finance world and the people you know. What is the best case, realistic best case scenario for the Pac-12 going forward in terms of a media rights deal and in terms of, of potential schools that could join the conference?
0: Um, I think the idea is we just got to get close to where the Big 12 is, right? Um, I happen to think that we are going to end up getting, we, I say we, I'm a Pac-12 guy. Um, I, I actually happen to think that the Pac-12 the perception is the Pac-12 has no leverage. And that's true. That's true, or uh, at least on a relative scale. But these things just don't go backwards media rights values historically. And I know people say, well, they haven't, but they're going to start. Maybe, I'm just not sure they're gonna start with the Um, Pac-12. I think when it's all said and done, ESPN and Fox come to the rescue uh get the conference close enough they offset the balance with a streamer they and so some portion of this ends up like I said on peacock or plus or whatever ESPN plus or whatever uh and 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 they end up being able to spin it as they finish with a better deal than the big 12 even whether or not it's meaningfully better um but I don't think it really matters to be honest like I think at the end of the day the we, we just got to keep it together for now. There's going to be another round of realignment. We know that. It, as soon as the conference, as soon as the playoff expands in 26, there's going to be another round of realignment. And and once everybody kind of figures out what the value prop is there uh, and how the dollars can be split up, then we can see some movement again. Um, but I think in, in, in the short term, uh, the Pac-12 wants to try to keep, you know, just keep, the boat steady and there's no reason to put all your product behind the apple paywall where nobody could ever watch your games and nobody ever sees you i mean it just doesn't make any sense uh and it certainly doesn't make any sense if you believe that there's going to be another round of renegotiation or realignment and and you're you're about to you know head into a you know into the wilderness and we're never to be seen again what, do you, what about the potential
2: schools that, that Pac-12 could add? I mean, you hear San Diego State, you hear SMU. What are your thoughts?
0: It's the same story that we've heard for months on end. You know, I I think that that's fine. They, they're they probably – San Diego State probably brings some sort of value in the, the, the California market. Um, they're probably the most value valuable of all of those teams. But as, unless something has changed, they weren't getting the full share. Uh, when we talked a year ago – um and and i don't see why they would at this point either so um and and now uh seemingly with them having little leverage um to go back to the uh mountain west yeah. um that 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 would seem even more you know th- that would seem even more to be the case
1: how big in your uh, opinion uh, oh, yeah, co- uh,
2: er, 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 one last question for you and yeah. I'll, I'll let you have the rest of it eric uh, just I know it's all about football all the time, but I've asked several guests this and I want to get your, your take from a financial perspective, Corey, uh, the Arizona, like men's basketball, how big an issue could that be in terms of a a media deal? Like the Arizona men's basketball brand. I mean, Lord knows we haven't been to a final four in over two decades, but it's still a very respectable national brand. Does that bring any value to the table with the, the, when you're talking about media rights deals?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, there's certainly value, but it's, you know, football drives the conversation. Um, you know so at the end of the day um if you're if you're picking between uh you know all things being equal sure it matters um but but football ultimately matters more uh it just generates so much more revenue so um yeah i don't really know w- what to say about that there's very few programs um that that generate revenues on par with their football program
1: all right you know, i got
0: Utah th- is like i think one of the very, very few,
1: and I would assume Duke would be probably fairly close. No, I honestly I doubt it with the ACC revenues.
0: Probably, I honestly I, probably not. To be honest, I, I don't know, but my gut would say no.
1: All right, so uh, two last questions for you, Corey. First of all, I've, I've taken some heat on this program from Shane and maybe from some viewers uh, and listeners that I think Arizona's basketball schedule this season is too difficult in the non-conference when you have at Duke. You know, neutral site Wisconsin, uh, or excuse me, neutral site Michigan State, Wisconsin at home, Alabama neutral site, and what's and and uh, Purdue, which is basically a road game in Indianapolis. Is Tommy Lloyd too aggressive in your opinion for his own good? No, oh, I love it. Isn't this what we
0: used to do? Roll it up. Let's uh, let's 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 play the tournament, or as close to we can play the tournament in in November December and then we'll be ready to roll come March. Isn't that the idea?
1: Go ahead, Shane. I know what you want to say. Go ahead. No, I
2: agree 100%. I, I, I love that. And my, my philosophy, guys, is, is, you know what? Let Arizona get its ass kicked a couple of times early in the season. You know, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if it does, so what? You learn from it. You get better. You evolve as a team. You know, and Lord, those based on you know the last couple of seasons, this team could use a little bit of humility uh, going into uh, the NCAA tournament later in the season. So, no, I'm all, I'm all I'm all for it. Either there's you
0: know you don't have to win. You don't have to win 12 games. You don't have to win. All you just your have
2: games. to get into the tournament. That's all
0: right. So, and and the truth is, is that it really they just got. In the pack 12 uh so they, they don't really even have to win right you know in terms of in terms of seeding and so forth so um well, well Corey, the, when, when they when they won the whole thing in 90 play.
2: when they went the whole thing in 97 they were
0: tied for fourth in the pack 10. i'm with you i'm with you get to the tournament and it's a it's a crapshoot how many times have we been one and one or two seeds and we got in i'm with you so yeah i i don't i i think you just schedule a tough games as you can and get as, as as battle-tested as you can and let the chips fall where they may.
1: Yeah, and I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be anything special this year. I mean, USC looks to be okay. Colorado has a top recruit. UCLA looks to be down. I mean, who knows what their team's going to look like. Um, yeah, I mean, Arizona should be the best team. So, okay, I'll give you that. All right, last question. I also just, just jump in. With
0: yeah. one more point yeah. there. I also think from, like, as we talk about the business of college sports and, like, maximizing revenues and such, scheduling... Quality games is good for the sport. It drives eyeballs, it sells tickets, it drives interest. Like all of that stuff is good. Um, I recently wrote, I just wrote a story this week about how Showtime is trying to combat piracy uh by putting on marquee fights. And one of the ways they're able to do that is is by is by putting the best fighters against each other. Because what happens is, is people have viewing parties when for these big pay-per-view outs. And they don't want these little streets to cut out in the middle of the fight with all their friends over. So putting, you know, the idea, the synergies aren't, you know, the comp isn't exactly close to apples, but the idea of, uh, you know, putting the best teams against the best teams is good for the sport.
1: You know, I, I just have to say, I know you and Shane both love when I say, you know, i got to admit, I've looked at some Final Four tickets recently. It is here. I didn't mention anything about Arizona. I didn't say anything, Shane or Corey, about Arizona. I right, last. Well, to say. Yeah, go ahead. We can af-
0: you can afford to spend more on seats because you don't have to travel.
1: Exactly the way I look at it. Now, let's hope Arizona has a good year. This tough non-conference schedule that you guys speak of maybe pays off. They're more battle-tested. Okay, uh, last question. So, Corey, you've been – you know, John Wall Street – uh as a business you were on a, a platform and then you kind of had some undergone some changes in the last year just tell us where people can find you and, and kind of what you're up to from that perspective yeah so I just
0: at the end of 2022 I left uh Sportico where I had been for the previous three years and uh just working to build out a, a broader business around the John Wall Street brand uh, a lot of that is events and consulting based uh, you can sign up for the free newsletter at johnwallstreet.com um, but yeah, it's a, a lot of a lot of the same. We're still trying to put context and perspective uh, on the biggest stories and trends, and on the business and finance side of sports, and try to give people a little bit of a, a peek behind the curtain in terms of why decision makers and smart money are doing what they're
1: doing. Always great to have you on. It we hope to do it more than once a year, but great intel, just great Arizona discussion on what I consider a five star show. Here on Wildcat Country. So, for Corey Left, aka John Wall Street. For Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And as always, bear down.